Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. before you sit down just reach out to your neighbors shake their hand with that anointed shake you know what God is in this place and it, he's here big time manifested amen now watch listen to this the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the land. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Tell your neighbor, your poverty is over. Whatever residues of it existed. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Tell your neighbor you're delivered to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Tell your neighbor you're, you're seeing new things tonight. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. You may have your seats. Thanks so much, team. Thank you. Awesome. This is day what? Like day too many. Amen. Woo. Wow. All right. So let me see where we go from here. So uh, I'm primarily a teacher of the word. And as I teach, because some people may be waiting for laying on of hands and all of that, that may happen. But my primary method of operation is as I teach, for you things are happening. Amen. And that's for everyone, with no exception. No exceptions. I don't care how much unbelief you have. You can even say, today I will not believe. I'm sorry. Too late. It's a setup. You're in the wrong place. Ronnie, good to see you, sir. You're in the wrong place. So, uh, let's first of all talk about the obvious this is a disease free zone <laughs> disease free zone so even that sickness that's organizing itself to come next week or the week after too bad it's in grave danger this is a disease free zone and by the way we mean business with God when we say these things 
Some people think we are there psyching ourselves up. Go and see the testimonies. No one is psyching themselves up. That's the word of God. By his stripes you were healed 2,000 years ago. In fact, not 2,000 years ago, before creation was made, you were healed. The healing was only revealed 2,000 years ago. It was made manifest, like our friends at Fanero like to say. But otherwise, it existed. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, amen, to your loved ones will all go to heaven. How? Not because God is going to say, oh, this is Moses' loved one, they should just go in. No, they are going to receive Christ. It is the Father's will that none should perish. That's the scripture. None should perish. None includes no one. So because that's the Father's will, we are here to enforce it. All your loved ones will get saved. How you do that? You One, you start praying for them by name. And two, you minister to the ones who are near you, other people's loved ones. And before long, God will send a skilled laborer to your loved ones. Some of you have a lot of history with your loved ones. You're probably not the best qualified laborer. <laughs> and then we are an economic powerhouse. Amen. We are a solution. Poverty trembles before us. There is no, say this with me, there is no lack in my life. Tell your neighbor, let them be convinced. There is no lack in my life. There is only overabundant supply. You see, you shall have what you say, not what you see. You shall have what you say, not what you see. I tell you, I haven't started. So, just organize yourself to receive properly. Amen. Ask your neighbor, neighbor. In Isaiah 26, which verse do you know? It's verse, everyone knows verse 3 in Isaiah 26 if, if you don't know verse 3 in Isaiah 26 then I don't know which verse you know in Isaiah okay now I want to introduce you to another verse in Isaiah 26 and this verse is very prophetic right now to us as a church I believe this is what God is saying. <laughs> With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you when? And those two things have results. Those two things have results. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that semicolon? It means something. By the way, I haven't started teaching. This is the prophetic part that came during worship. So when I start teaching, even you, you will know. 
to sound almost the same. <laughs> there is joy here. There is joy here. Yeah, someone needs to just receive it. You came in sad. Something disrupted your system when you were coming today. Whoever that person is, receive the joy of the Lord is your strength. You will not be able to operate in strong faith when you're not joyful. Happy people are faith people. And faith people are happy people. Amen. I tell you. I was still going on with this verse. Now those first two parts explain things like the 24-7 prayer in which some of you are participating and some of you are still wondering whether to participate. And I would like to put an end to your bewilderment and invite you to participate. Amen. So he says, with my soul I've desired in the night. By my spirit within me, I will seek you early. If the first activity of your day is not God, your day is already upside down. I mean activity one. It's a bit like the tithe. The tithe is not just 10%. It's the first 10%. You don't pay the landlord, the basa, what? Then when you're like, eh, oops, God, you're No munigawo. My God, no, 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 no. It's the first fruit, not the last fruit. So the first fruit of your day, every day, belongs to God. Even if you are in a hurry that sort of is making the sun and the moon collide, you still have to take off however short it is. Fred Hammond used to sing a song. I won't let a day go by without keeping my mind stayed on Jesus stayed on Jesus and then other words which I've forgotten a bit like Mr. Bean you sing the part you remember Amen. There are results in this verse. It says, For when your judgments are in the earth, when the earth is filled by the knowledge of the glory of God, when the word of God permeates the nations, when your judgments are in the earth, when you go to work and the conversation from the receptionist to the janitor, to the CEO is the word of God. This is your destiny, worship harvest. That's why we say church begins on Monday. You're not here just to come, sing, go. We are an apostolic movement. You are an enforcer of the kingdom. You have to bend the conversation at your office toward the word of God, no matter what. It's easy. How to pray them, how to give them, how to love them. That's all. 
your budget should have a king, kingdom part of the budget. Just kingdom impact at office. Then has like 50 million for the year. Every year, you, every week you unleash one million. Pawn them. <laughs> My God! Where are the people of faith in this place? So, be anxious for nothing. Tomorrow is Saturday. When your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Where does it start? Soul desired in the night. Spirit seeking you early. That's the beginning of all things. The beginning of all things is that. Amen. You alone are worthy of my devotion and my praise. I don't want nobody else to come between our love affair. For I have fallen in love with you Since that day that you brought me in This love affair To be known by you Has meant so much more to me than I could ever dream All I live for All my desire Is to lift your name on high And to live your love This love affair To be known by you has meant so much for me than I could ever dream of love. I for all I desire is to lift your name on and to live you love. There is nothing that even compares to you. You are excellent, radiant, marvelous. There is no one who even comes close to you. You are prince in shining armor, king of kings. This love. for me I could ever dream all I live for all my desire 
is to lift your name on high. And everyone sing it. This love affair. professional Christians who do the Christian life on behalf of others. No. That's you, amen. Everyone is invited by God. Alright. Tonight, we are going to talk about the spiritual man. The spiritual man. It was so serious, I had to go and look up my Nigerian attire. So, so thought you got it right. The spiritual man. Now, man here is reference to both male and female. I don't want you to be looking around saying, tell them. In reference to the male species. No. Man in, in the essence of the office of humanity. That's what I mean. Do you understand me? So the, today I'm talking about the spiritual man. Next Friday I'll be back to talk about the blessed man. Yes. But I know that that message of the blessed man will not do you any good if you don't understand this message of the spiritual man. Do you get the idea? The spiritual man. Amen. So in referring to the spiritual man, we are not talking about your born-again spirit as referenced in 2 Corinthians 5.17. No. We are not talking about your born-again spirit. We are, about, we are not talking about the idea that if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, now all things are new and now all things are of God. That's your spirit. You understand? That is your spirit. Your spirit, if you are in Christ, is already sorted. If you are not in Christ, it will be sorted by the time we are done here. So we are not talking about your spirit. You are born again, righteous, pure, holy, rich, healed, delivered, happy, joyful, loving, patient. Spirit. Billionaire spirit. That's not what I'm talking about. By spiritual man, um, we're actually combining two words here. Spiritual and man. Two things. Spiritual man. For even if you're born again, 
You can be born again and not be a spiritual person. Give me First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, so we see what this is. You can be born again and not be spiritual. You can be born again and you're canon. What does Paul say? He says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Now remember, he has already said to the saints at Corinth. Saints at Corinth. So he's talking to people who are born again. Now, if you want to know a canon church, in the New Testament, it was the Corinthian church. Corinth was a major city. The people received the word by faith. They believed. They, they, they extracted every promise of Jesus in there. That, that's why Paul said, you know all things. They spoke in tongues. They experienced miracles. They, they were the ultimate church of the miraculous. They even took the tongues thing to, annex, to a point where now they had to be reined back in like, guys, katumuiti did Communion, for them, they didn't do this last supper business. For us, we have last snack. <laughs> With your bread and what? They brought out real meals. People were having pizza for communion, my friend. <laughs> the Corinthians were determined to have it all. That's why Paul says, you have all things. But they were carnal. They had sexual immorality in the church. They had legal issues it was a carnal church they understood the grace of God but now they allowed permissiveness in through the grace of God their exact opposite cousins were the Galatians for whom Paul wasted no time I marvel that you are so soon removed from him who called you in the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another, but there are some who <coughs> trouble you. And I say, if anyone preaches any other gospel than that which you have preached, let him be a cast. I repeat, let him be a cast. Paul was animated by chapter 3, is calling them bewitched. So the truth is always somewhere in the middle. By grace, we have been saved through faith. Faith is active. Just don't lay back and say, "Been saved by grace. I can do whatever I want. God will come through. He will not." Faith is active. You can receive all the grace you want. You continue walking in dishonor when the word has come on this house that we should establish honor. So it's possible to be carnal. He says, I could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal. <laughs> as to what? Babes in Christ. Babies, yeah? Infants. In other words, when you are an infant in Christ, you're in Christ. You're on your way to heaven. In fact, you're seated in the heavenly places, but you're a baby. Now, one of the things people don't understand when he says if anyone is in Christ is a new creation is you are actually a new creation. You are completely new but immature. 
Just like mothers here, when they give birth to babies, they are completely new. They don't come out with beards and talking in deep voices. So just like your, the physical you needs to grow, the spiritual you also needs to grow. FFF Bosworth said, some people, they feed their bodies three hot meals a day and feed their spirits one cold snack a week. And then they wonder why they are carnal. Of course. Don't go around wondering why you don't see the miracles other people are seeing. My God. Stop feeding your spirit one cold snack a week and then even tell the preacher to hurry up. We want to go back to feeding our bodies. It's unbelievable to me that there are people in worship harvest right now who are not fasting. I shall proceed. I refuse to be derailed. Where were we? Come on, babes. Uh-huh, next verse 2. It says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. Until now. Now you're going to receive it. Worship harvest. 14 years is enough time to grow up. The milk is over. Now you understand the grace of God. You understand God loves you unconditionally. You're on your way to heaven. In fact, you're already seated in the heavenly places. You lack no good thing. Now you know that. Now let's move on to the meat. Because it says, and even now you're still not able. But you guys are, you're not able. It doesn't say something here. For you're still canoe. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? How do you know a person is carnal? They behave like human beings. Yeah. When they are hurt, they react like human beings. They are carnal. When they are aggravated, they refuse to forgive. They are being carnal. They're behaving like mere men. They, they, they also say that January has 69 days. Mere men. They are tapping into an economy that doesn't work when they have access to one that works. <laughs> Check with your neighbor. Are you okay? Of course, sometimes it helps. I told you I'm a teacher. Sometimes it helps to ask, what is the alternative to behaving like a person? The alternative is to behaving like God. 
Thank you for that. Please, I receive that hand clap. I don't know, am I the only one reading this? Because when he says, you're behaving like mere men, what is the alternative? What other way of behavior is there? It's behave like God. In other words, that's heaven's expectation. That we should be behaving like God. Because he's our father. We are patterned after him. And like I've said here before, now the gospels cease to be the stuff you read to find out what Jesus did and how Jesus lives or lived. Now the gospels become the stuff you read to find out how you and I should be living. And so now, with the exception of the, the virgin birth, when you go to the gospels, everywhere they say Jesus, you remove Jesus and put your name. That's the right kind of behavior. I'm talking at all. Bambi, refuse unbelief to associate with you tonight. Thank you for refusing. I'm telling you. These things are true. You know, the thing about faith is it's at a higher elevation than where you are right now. Always. You'll never be required to lower yourself to faith. This is it. This is it. Come up hither and I'll show you things to come. For you to see things to come, you need to be going up, not down. Because the flesh works with the law of entropy. Anything left to itself tends to decay. Once you're operating by the flesh, it's easy. You just keep going down. Today you drink one beer, tomorrow two, three, and eight. That's the flesh. You just keep going down. Spiritual things which are by faith, you're always elevating, elevating, elevating. Higher and higher above the societal norms and the expectations of people. Because you are not a mere man. You are a spiritual man. Talking of Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth, did he operate as God? The answer is no. Because then it would be very unfair for us to say now what's in the Gospels is possible for us. Because if he operated, he didn't operate as God. He operated as son of man. Uh, Acts 8, Acts 10, 38. Acts 10, 38. 10, 38. Together. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. First stop there. If he was going to operate at God, it would not be required to be anointed. 
He would just have shown up. Divine diapers, divine poo divine susu. Everything divine. No, that wasn't the case. Please, I want you to read your mind of any suggestion that Jesus operated as God on earth. He did not. Even when he was being crucified, he told Pilate that, by the way, I can just call up legions right now. In the other side, I can just get out of this whole thing now and call up legions of angels, but I will not. I'm going to go through with this whole human experience. Jesus had a fully, a full human experience. Everything that Jesus did, he did as a man. A spiritual man, an anointed man. Now, I know your brain is fighting against that like right now, big time. But don't worry. You have the Bible. It's in English. You don't need an interpreter. Just go and read it. Mark, Luke, Matthew, John. Just go and read it. And you'll find out that Jesus wasn't there operating like God. That's why he says, how God anointed Jesus needed to be anointed to do what he did. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with with if he was operating as God then he wouldn't need God to be with him. He would have just have been God. Hmm. You know, he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made and there was nothing that was made that was made without him. In him was the life and the life was the light of men and the light shines. A person who created the universe to think that now he needs someone to anoint him to heal a, a, a disease is ridiculous. If he had come with the other universe creating powers, he would need no anointing, my friend. He would not even be limited. He would never feel tired. He operated as a man. He felt tired. He got hungry. Look here. He needed to fast. Why would the, he says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of our all creation? He says all things are sustained by him. A person who sustains the stars and the galaxies would not need to fast to heal leprosy. It, it's ridiculous. He would not need to. So, why did he fast? Because he was going to operate as a man, not as God. the spiritual man. That's why he kept on going, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
for he has anointed me. Who? The Spirit of the Lord doesn't need to be upon God and to anoint God. He was operating as a man. As a man. As a man, Jesus needed to learn the scriptures. <laughs> Look, he says he was the word. The word dwelt among us, but he needed to learn the scriptures. Why? He wasn't operating as God. If he was operating as God, he would not need to. He would just summon them and they would feel his head. But as he grew in favor with God and with man, God doesn't need to grow in favor with God, my friend, or with man. He did not stop being God. He didn't give up his divinity, but he didn't utilize his divinity. So tonight we are removing every excuse as to why I, you, or your neighbor do not behave like Jesus and do the things that Jesus did. You see, at some point you have to take responsibility and be like, okay, I allow, the problem is not heaven, the problem is right here. I allow, the reason there is corruption in this country, the problem is not heaven, the problem is right here. I allow, the reason there are potholes in this city, the problem is not heaven, the problem is right here. I allow, the reason there is traffic jam in this city, the problem is not heaven, the problem is right here. I allow the reason my marriage is in shambles, the problem is not heaven. My goodness. Tell your neighbor, allow. You can't change what you don't hate. This business of um, you're going to ginger, then you keep moving towards massacre. No, 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 no. At some point, you have to realize this is in PG. I've passed Katende, it's not possible that I'm going to Jinja. You stop, you turn around, and start moving in the right direction. Because I can tell you, God has called this church to some things. And you have not seen even three percent you haven't so we have to stay in seek mode seeking mode I'm like Ali will I seek you 
when they have it. Look. Ha. Jesus didn't just attend funerals and they go on like that, like that. Yeah. <laughs> just keep wishing that people get better. No. By the way, I got a thought this morning. Things don't get better by themselves. Things have no capacity to get better by themselves. Everything on earth needs human agency to get better. By the way, this message has a foundation and then the message. We are still in the foundation. The real message is yet to come. <laughs> and then we might roof it. Who knows? So now this whole idea of the born again spirit. Okay, now, so first of all, have we understood the whole point of Jesus didn't operate as God on earth? Because we can't move forward if you don't understand that. Because then the excuse remains. And we have to eliminate the excuse. So that's point one. Jesus didn't operate as God. He was God. He put... Oh, oh, oh. What, what does he say in Philippians? He put aside his divinity and embraced our humanity and lived as an anointed man, a spiritual man. Now, we also understand from 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that your spirit and soul and body, amen? And we understand that a person who is not born again has a spirit separated from God, dead. He said that they eat of it, you shall surely die. So we understand that. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and says God is faithful who will do it so you understand spirit soul and body now I'm going to invite Florence and Martha to come because we need to demonstrate something these are my our sisters our daughters the lines just sort of are blurry but it can be both. Now, they are my friends, so they know I can, I, I mean well always. So I need one on one side, one on the other side. Okay? Now, one of you is going to play a bad role, and one a good role, and when you get home, <laughs> I don't want you arguing through the night as to who, what, you are just... Your role playing, your role playing, okay? This is what? Role playing. This is not the reality. You are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. You are rich. You are holy. You are, you know, awesome. Awesome? Yes. Agreed. No arguments at home. Okay. So let's say... Now, the thing about you as a human being, the part of you that you're most aware of is your soul, which is your consciousness, okay? Your consciousness, your soul. Now, you, he said your spirit and soul and 
body. He says, may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. But the thing, that, or the part of you you are most aware of is your soul. Which, by technical definition, people have tried to come up, it's not really accurate, but it works. It's your will, your mind, and your emotions. Do you get that? So your will, your mind, your thinking, and then your emotions, your feelings. All of that is in your soul. And everyone has instant access to your soul at any time. No one is wondering if they are feeling anything. You know it. When you're angry, you know it. In fact, your soul is more accessible to you than your body. Mm. Some people at some point, uh, after they've not participated in season 21 regularly, they find difficulties tying their shoelaces. <laughs> so their body is not as accessible to them as their soul. Thank you for seeing the funny side. I needed that. Because people are too serious tonight. So let's say I am Mose, I have a, the consciousness of me. Okay? Now, when a person is not born again, this is your soul. This is your Whitey. body, body, body. This is your spirit. Yes. This one is trying to remind me how white and black. Now, when you're not born again, now listen attentively. When you're not born again, the Bible says that you, you, you are under the influence of the devil. The devil controls you. He, whatever he says you do, you are a slave. When he says, last after that woman, you just last after the woman. You start making phone calls. You start setting updates. You just follow when he says more food, more food, more food. <laughs> when he says be uh, anger, anger, don't no forgiving, you're not forgiving. In fact, you're more controlled by the juices in your body than your spirit, because your spirit, when you're born again, not born again, is dead. It is separated from the life of God. It's not God controlled. In other words, this is very important. That's why I, I called up these two ladies. In other words, your spirit is almost akin to your body when you're not born again. They look alike. So when you look at your spirit looking for guidance as a, a, a sinner, a lost person, it looks like your body. It just gives you what your body gives you. More food, more lust. It is, why? You're dead. He says when we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Timothy, give, give me those scriptures. Give me those scriptures. Ephesians 2.1 and Colossians 2.17. Ephesians 2.1. See what it says. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Colossians, Colossians. Give me Colossians. Uh, now we, it can't be that one. This is 2, 217. That's a, a mistake. Relax, it's not that one. It, it's, it's, 
the one where we were dead in trespasses and sins and he has made us alive together with him. So what, what does that mean? You, you're, because your spirit is separated from God, your spirit is a human spirit. Because it's a human spirit, it is ex, it's like mere man. So when you reference your spirit and reference your body, they are the same. They look the same. That's why not being born again is the most dangerous thing anyone can do. Because when you need to elevate and consult a high authority and you look to your spirit, there is nothing there. Whatever your body is giving you is what your spirit gives you. They are alike. Now, B3. I want you to go back there and you go to that room there, there. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> then it says, hmm. we looked at this on Sunday, right? In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in, Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. What are the old things? Not the body. It's the spirit. Behold now all things are new. He says in Romans 6, 3 to 4 and Colossians 3, 1 to 3 let me show you this one. We saw this one but let's remind ourselves. Romans 6 he says, if, you, if then you were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right, at the right, at the right hand of God. Continue, continue. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Uh-huh. And says, for you died. Who? Which part of you died? Your spirit. You died and your life is hidden with God in Christ. Give, give me the, the ones in, in, in Romans 6. Romans 6. Or do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. Keep going to... to no, that, that's enough. Are you seeing that? A person who is not born again, flesh, spirit, same. Why? This one is dead. It's separated from God. So the spirit behaves exactly like the flesh. And then you decide to get married to a person like that. And then you wonder why they are cheating. Look, sinners are going to behave like sinners. It doesn't matter how much you want them to behave differently. Now, of course, Houston, we have a problem when saints are behaving like sinners. So you have understood. So when you get born again, where, who makes the decision? Your soul, your consciousness. You put that hand up. You said a sinner's prayer. You accept Christ. You know what happens at that point? Yeah, let's go. So let's go, let's go this side. I'm going to take this. Come, come, body banana, don't go here. You are buried with him in baptism and then you are raised with him. Come, come. Come, 
somehow you are new creation the body is still the same the soul is still the same the spirit does not look like the body like the previous experience you can't be confused you can't say you know in the previous you look this way mm. Mm. because up to now people there are people in this church who can't tell who Florence is from Martha except if I put them together then they start seeing a little bit of a difference but now you can't tell me I, I will understand if you say is that Florence is that Martha I'll tell you quickly that's Martha that's Florence quietly but if you come and say, is that Florence? Is that B3? <laughs> you're confused between whether B3 and... We have a problem. You understand? So now when you're born again, your spirit is not, does not look at all like your flesh. They're different. When you look these ends, you can clearly see that's the flesh. When you look these ends, <laughs> that's the spirit. There is no confusion. Do you understand that? Now let's move quickly. Stay, please, spirit and soul, body, stay. So now you understand that, that, that the, the, the spirit is new. All things are of God. But it didn't change. Now, all these declarations we make about your spirit, they are only good in truth terms, not in practical terms. Because on earth, you don't operate only your spirit. Your spouse didn't get married to your spirit. Your roommate does not stay with the sp your spirit. The bathroom share, you share at home, it's not spirits bathing in that bathroom. It is complete people, spirit, soul, and body. That's why they need to clean up after. You understand? So this, that, so grace, grace is all about the spirit. What God has done in your spirit. That's what grace covers. Now faith must kick in to start dragging the rest of this part to be in correspondence with the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the spiritual man is the one who is focused on the spirit. They are subjecting their, 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 subjecting their mind, their emotions, and their will to the spirit. How do you know what's in the spirit? What's in the word of God? He says the word is the spiritual mirror. James, if a man looks in the word and forgets what he looks like. Do you understand? That's the spiritual man. The born again spirit is already pure, holy, justified, every good thing, rich, name it. 
But as long as this man keeps looking this side, they are going to behave like mere men. As long as they keep consulting their feelings, the Google documents, the, 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 the newspapers, the, the social media, the, the, the economic report from Ministry of Finance, they are being what? Carnally minded, and they are not, that's why he said to be carnally minded is death. It's not like termination, no. Remember, death is separation. You have the spirit of God, but you're separated by experience. You're united by truth. You're united, but you're separated by experience. That's why there are couples who were wedded in church, and they put those rings on, and they said, what God has joined together let no one put asunder. That's a scripture, by the way. It was spoken by Jesus himself for those who are doubting whether marriage is for life. So you can be married to that person, but by experience, you're separated by experience. You're not doing all the things that couples do. You come late, you leave early. You are away over the weekend. You're married by covenant, but you're separated by experience. How many believers are by covenant married to Jesus, but separated by experience? Because by experience, their immediate consultant is their flesh. While by covenant, they are married to Christ. Am I making sense? Foundation. So then the spiritual man is not one who is merely born again. He's one who is spiritually minded. I'm looking for. Look, maybe we can find it. Help me, Timothy. Find for me Galatians 5:25. Galatians 5:25. Galatians 5:25. He says, "If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit." It's possible to live in the Spirit and not walk in the Spirit. So by covenant, you belong to Jesus. By experience, there's no evidence. You are as broke, as annoyed, as unforgiving, as bitter as the non-believers. And yet you are covenanted to Christ. That's why you find married men who behave as if they are not married. They keep flirting around with other girls as if they are not married. But they are married by covenant. And then there are those who go ahead and flirt with them. And then they're even in church. 
when they even come and ask you to pray, someone once asked me, I don't know whether it was me or one of our pastors. They're asking them to pray because they're in love with this man and they want them to pray for their man's marriage to stop so that the man can move in with them. Like, like which God are we praying to? Do you know why God is... Do you know God is just... And do you know there is no love without justice? If you find a person molesting a child by the roadside and you say you do nothing because you love the person molesting the child, do you think you have love? You are an idiot. Love requires that you take on that person, break their hands and their feet, put a small crack on their head, and then call the police. That is love. Because love operates with justice. Now, don't think that because God loves you with an unconditional love, Put yourself in the place of the family whose father and husband is being lured away while you pray witchcraft prayers. And you, th and you think God is going to be there in heaven and say, oh, my daughter, my friend. God is a righteous judge. And that's what makes his love pure. Pure love requires justice. Your love is only pure if you're just and you deal with injustice. And dealing with injustice means that some people are going to go through a lot of pain because they can't understand how not to inflict pain on others. I don't we appreciate my team of demonstrators. So now the soul has two constant references. The spirit, which in patterning itself after makes one a spiritual man, and the flesh, which in patterning itself after makes one a carnal man, even though they are in Christ. And tonight we are talking about the spiritual man. The spiritual man. So then one can see as a carnal man or as a spiritual man. How are you seeing? The, the carnal man doesn't need any faith to see. He just inspects. Just look and see. Carnally. The carnal man cannot tell that their neighbor is going to be a billionaire in six years. They just see them where they are now. 
in their job where they are paid 1.5 million shillings a month. That's a carnal man. The spiritual man can see the future. This is a billionaire. <laughs> so, the, so one can see as a carnal man or one can see as a spiritual man. One can hear as a carnal man, one can hear as a spiritual man. Jesus said, be careful how you hear, for with whatever, me- whatever measure you hear, it will be measured to you. One can hear as a carnal man. You just see a big one. Then someone else is hearing things that you're not hearing at all. Did I talk about seeing? Remember Elisha and his servant? The servant woke up, they were surrounded by the, the Syrian army. Like, oh my God. He went to, to brush his teeth in the morning. You know those things where you don't have inside bathrooms, so you get outside on the veranda to brush at the tap. That was Elisha's servant. So he's there brushing. With Colgate, you know. Then he opens his eyes and like, He's going to Elisha's tent. Man of God, my Lord, my Father, my Father, we are surrounded, we are surrounded, we are surrounded. <laughs> no, in his bed, before he woke up, he had already seen all those Syrians. Not only that, he was also seeing the host of heaven that was about to whip those Assyrians into a pulp. So while so <coughs> what you see determines your reaction to situations. The situation is the same. They are surrounded. One guy is being in his nighty. Because by the time he got to Elisha's tent, his night was wet. The other guy, <laughs> the other guy is in bed, relaxed. What is your reaction to situations? He's in bed. Then he says, Now, Syria and Zibokabe Bakunyenya. He's like, Lord, open his eyes. He, yeah, he didn't even get out to say, okay, now let me show you the real thing. No, 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 no. That's why people are offended when they bring to you what they be, be perceive to be grave stuff. And they're they like, it is well. And they're like, I thought, I thought we would get into a serious prayer and worship session and start interceding. Well, you're just saying it is well. Which one is well? Depends on how you're seeing. Are you seeing as a carnal man? Or a sp- so they opened his eyes and he saw the host of heaven. All right. Oh my God. No breakfast that day. No breakfast. He had seen as a spiritual man. 
One can hear as a carnal man or hear as a spiritual man. One can speak as a carnal man or speak as a spiritual man. I'm going to deal with that when we get to the message. <laughs> one can react as a carnal man or react as a spiritual man. One, one can... Guys, one... <laughs> One can feel as a carnal man or feel as a spiritual man. They bring the food. Jesus is like, I have food you know not of. I no longer feel hungry. I don't want to eat. He has changed his feelings. You know when you're a spiritual person, you, you determine what to feel. You just decide that right now, I'm going to feel this. And then you feel that. And like, okay, I've had enough of that feeling. Now let me feel this. Then you feel that. Like, okay, I think I'm bored with that feeling. Then you bring on another feeling. That's a spiritual man. They keep, they keep making these jokes about Andromach, how they took him to the, what's that thing where there are vehicles? Roller coaster. So in the roller coaster, they take pictures at the most critical points when guys are going, Aah! then they took pics, then the one of Andrew, he was just there. Like, the thing is going up. My friend, I've ever gone to one of those things. My friend took me there. I told him, never. <laughs> you know, when you really see that the end has come, whoever designed those roller coaster things, I don't think they worship the living God. <laughs> They're worshiping something else. Eh? Real fear is induced. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.